If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I'm sure I'm not the only person in this room that has tried this a couple of times. Maybe we could do a show of hands. Uh huh. So far, mine have been without success. I remember hearing this passage as a child, or maybe hearing one of its parallel passages in Matthew's or Mark's Gospels. Here in the Gospel of Luke, it's a mulberry tree, and in Matthew and Mark, it's a mountain that's picked up and thrown into the sea. But be it a tree or a mountain, I think the impression that I got as a child was that getting a prayer answered is a matter of believing hard enough. A kind of mental exercise of driving every possible iota of doubt or uncertainty out of one's mind and then holding the mind in that state at least long enough to get the prayer out. Now our culture tends to prioritize intellectual belief and to treat that as the main component of faith. But in scripture, the word that we translate as faith doesn't really primarily mean this kind of intellectual conviction. Certainly intellectual belief has a place, but faith in the Bible isn't so much the absence of doubt. It's more about faithful relationship. It has qualities of trust. We might do better to translate this word as faithfulness rather than faith. If you had faithfulness the size of a mustard seed. And it may be that Jesus then isn't so much suggesting that we brainwash ourselves into certainty as that we work on the quality of our faithfulness. Not that if we play mind games with ourselves we'll be able to do magic, but rather that if our hearts and actions come to actually be aligned with God, if we grow in faithfulness, then nothing will be impossible. Maybe even things that seem as impossible as a mulberry tree taking root in the sea. Today at the nine o'clock service, we met outside in the courtyard to bless animals and to give thanks for God's creation. And that is something that we do each year on the Sunday closest to St. Francis's day. Because our brother, St. Francis, the medieval saint, was well known for his love of animals and creation. And as we do a thing like blessing animals, what we are doing is acknowledging that God's creation is good and beloved. But we're also acknowledging part of what it means to be human. We're saying that the human vocation that we were created for includes tending to God's creation which includes the animals that we have as domestic companions, but far beyond that, to include all of, all of creation. And we have to acknowledge that as a species, our record of caring for that creation is mixed at best, and perhaps rapidly going downward. In the words of today's gospel, when we look at what we do to our environment, we might well say we are unworthy slaves who have not even done what we ought to have done. And so today, in 2019, we cannot give thanks and bless animals in a naive way or a sentimental way, as if it were just about 
loving these dear sweet animals that live in our homes with us. If we take seriously this blessing of animals, we have to be mindful also of the animals that are becoming extinct in the world around us because climate change is shrinking their ranges or causing their food sources to disappear. We have to be mindful of the trees that we are uprooting, not out of faith and prayer, but out of greed and short-sightedness, as rainforests burn in Brazil and Indonesia. We have to be mindful of the sea levels that threaten to wipe out cities and even entire island countries. Two weeks ago, Julia and I were in Seattle for the weekend. And on that Friday, we were walking through Cal Anderson Park in Seattle. And surrounded by thousands of people who were participating in the global climate strike, an event that was happening here at the same time in Santa Rosa in Old Courthouse Square. And in fact, in 180 different countries with over 7 million people participating. This was the largest single coordinated action about climate change to date. And the reality about climate change is that a great deal of damage has already been done. We in wildfire country know this perhaps as well as anybody, as our own climate shifts. And not only has damage been done already, but there are other great harms underway in the decades ahead that we can no longer prevent, but can only await. But it is also true that there are even worse harms that lie ahead that we can prevent still if the peoples of the world act now in a coordinated way to commit to a path to a carbon neutral future. As we walked through Cal Anderson Park, we saw around us young people, young people carrying signs, young people leading songs and chants, young people leading the charge. And it is young people around the world who are leading efforts on climate change precisely because it is young people who will live through the effects of what today's adults have created and are creating. And so we need to hear again the words of Jesus in today's gospel that anyone who causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better if a millstone were hung around their neck and thrown into the sea. Today for us, these little ones, I think, has to mean the young people of our world. But it also goes beyond that to include animals, plants, the elements of God's creation that are vulnerable and depend on us for survival. So the situation is urgent. Urgent but not hopeless. There is a lot that we can do. As individuals, we often feel like our choices hardly matter. But the fact is that even our own personal choices influence the choices of those around us. And collectively, that can do a lot. And so we can choose as individuals to drive less, to fly less, to eat less meat, to use less energy in our houses. We can talk about those choices with each other at church and with our friends outside church. And we can also do the work to connect those choices with our lives of faith. But these are not choices we make in a vacuum, but these are a direct outgrowth of our faith understanding of who we are as human beings, that God has created us to tend the garden, to care for creation. 
We also can advocate for our elected leaders to put this issue front and center. Because it's also true that climate change will not be addressed meaningfully unless that happens at a government scale, at an international scale. So a lot of what we as individuals can do has to be working to influence those who do have the power to decide what will happen. We can do that through how we vote, and we can do it in how we work to influence public opinion. And so we can choose to show up physically at events like that climate strike. We can write to our newspapers. We can give money to environmental organizations that pay staff and leverage resources to do full-time what we as individuals can't. On this issue, like any issue, each of us has some power, even if just a little. And so our work is to do what we can, and also to avoid becoming discouraged at the limits of what we can. That's hard work. But it is work at which people of faith have an advantage. Because we know that ultimately, the future lies in God's hands. We might feel like the prophet Habakkuk and rail against the evil around us and say, how long, O oh Lord? How long will I cry and you not answer? But the reply is, as it was for Habakkuk, God still has a vision. God still has a plan for the appointed time. So there's a paradox in our calling. Because in one sense, the future depends very much on us. And in another sense, the future is held in God's almighty hands. And both of those things can simultaneously be true because we have a God who delights to work through us and in us. We can choose to stand in God's way or stand to the side. But when we open ourselves to what God is doing, God chooses and loves to work through our efforts. So every time we choose to take an action that cares for creation, we are partnering with God. We're letting ourselves be instruments of God's peace. May God increase our faith, which means our faithfulness. May we come to be aligned so fully with God and God's purposes that nothing is impossible, not even the healing of this world. <laughs>